0: From Vistio, this is recorded for Quality Assurance.
1: A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer
0: support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business.
1: Welcome to CXQA Live, where we discuss all the most important elements and strategies needed to create successful CX call center operations. We'd like you to know that we are being recorded for quality assurance. And by that, of course, we're referring to the recorded for quality assurance podcast that is made from the content of this time each week. So this week on the show, we're going to be talking about the adoption of technology in CX, and we're going to be joined by Greg Antonin, co-founder of Vistio. Welcome, Greg.
0: thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. I've seen a lot of great topics and uh, love your guests so far.
1: Awesome. Good stuff. So here on Live, we specifically focus on the value of the agent in CX. And we believe that the agent is the single most important asset or element in successful CX operations. More specifically, we believe that agents with the right training the right tools, and the right connection with your company will be a revenue growth and protection center for your company. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you could have for your business. They're going to make sure that your customers are satisfied and connected with your business. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stay and contribute to the long-term success of your company. And this is what we call the agent-centric call center philosophy. So we put these ideas together for discussion purposes and obviously when we talk about the qualifiers to help agents be valuable in these ways we talk about agents having the right training we talk about them being connected to your your business feeling like they're safe and secure and and able to to add value to the work that you do but we talk about the tools as well so when agents are not equipped with the right tools It hampers, just like with any job, it hampers their ability to be successful to add the maximum value. And today we're joined by Greg Antonin, co-founder of Vistia, which is a software company that serves the CX space. So specifically working in this area of the technology and tools that are being used to equip CX agents. So, Greg, again, we're really glad to have you on the show. Technology in the CX space has changed pretty rapidly in the last couple of decades from where it was prior to that time. How do you view that historical progression of technology and technology adoption in CX over the years?
0: <laughs> well, uh, that could be a really long answer. Uh, so we only have a half hour here, but uh, I think uh, some actual books have been written about this. So, uh, but to really, you know, to simplify this this idea or this this talk track here when it comes to customer care, you know, technology is finally focusing on the agent and the human-to-human interaction. And I say finally because, you know, we've been through this whole progress of the phone system, which has evolved from analog to digital. You've had the IVR that's gone from a, a simple push button to, you know, robotic interactions. You know, we even have digital transformation, and you know, which is these things are all designed to allow the consumer to self-serve when they want to, and then get to a human when they need to. But, you know, once handed off to the human agent, it seems technology has kind of continually fallen short when serving the transaction that's occurring between the customer and the agent. And so we've had these advances, but still need to solve for the human-to-human human interaction. And really that, how do we give it right every time that we have that interaction. And we're finally at that stage where I think technology is focusing on that element of the CX path. And certainly there's there's a lot of room for improvement there. And I think we're just starting to scratch the surface.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm seeing. But I want to focus on some of these early adoptions of of newer technologies because, you know, if you look at society as a whole, you typically have one or two camps. You either have when a new technology comes along, you have the early adopters, the ones who might be a little bit uncritical in their adoption. And that that's true on the individual level, but it's also typically true in business as well, where, oh, this is the latest, greatest thing. That means we got to have it. We're going to integrate it into the business or integrate it into our lives immediately. I think about these pocket computers that we all carry around. And when they were first coming out, it's like, oh, obviously I want this. This is amazing. But there are some who also said, and I think it's true with business tech as well. Well, let's wait and see, right? Let's wait and see how the benefits versus the the negatives actually come out. So I'm thinking in early years, there were a lot more tools available very quickly once the idea of software as a service became something that was pretty prominent in B2B. What were some of those early adopted? technologies in the CX space, specifically, Greg, that you have seen bring the most benefits?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, it probably goes to um, things like uh, websites and IVR and then chatbots. And you can kind of take those in progression as we think about technology. It's this digital transformation And that term became such a rage, right? Everybody had to do digital transformation. Oftentimes, they didn't even know what it meant or what what they needed to do. But I think all those technologies were adopted and really gave the consumer a feeling of empowerment, Mm. right? And so, yeah, particularly websites, right? You start with the website and you want to be able to self-serve. I want to be able to do it here. If I can't do it there, I'm going to pick up the phone, I might call, and I get to an IVR, right? And there's some more stuff. Ultimately, I end up, at the human, right? But the real benefits were that I could self serve. And I just had that feeling of empowerment. And we think of our expectations now, you know, get that Amazon feel. And I have this expectation that I should be able to do all things with every product that I ever buy, whether it's a service or a product. And, um, you know, that every company is evolving their technologies to support that movement ultimately, where we're at is there's always going to be a need for a call center. I think probably 10-15 years ago, I, I read enough articles and books that said there was the death of the call center. right? And that's just not going to happen. But you know, as long as we were always focusing on how the consumer could self-serve, then we were making progress. And I think we'll continue to make that type of progress. But we ultimately have to be Creating this environment which says when the person raises their hand and actually wants to have somebody hold their hand, that we're prepared to do that.
1: Sure. And there are obviously industries where, you know, some percentage of what a customer needs to do to interact with that brand is not something they can self-surface because of, you know, specific factors related to security or technical details of what needs to be done or just the complexity of the situation, the amount of proprietary or very specific knowledge that the consumer is unlikely to be able to acquire for themselves. And so it just depends on the industry, the degree to which self-service is really achievable. But even in those where self-service is you know, a, a large percentage of what is happening in the customer interaction, there is that need for that safety net for the escalation of a specific incident from, I tried to fix it, but I made it worse. Now I need a human to come in and, uh, or I can't find the right place on the website to do this particular thing or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I I think about the other dynamic that you mentioned, which is our B2C experiences as a customer are shaping the way that businesses think about everything, right? Mm -hmm. And even my own expectations in dealing with brands that historically have not been known to provide great customer service. You know, there are certain spaces where it's kind of ominous, like, oh, you know, who's your cable company or who's your, you know, whatever? And and they kind of have a bad name for not really taking care of the customer service side of the business. Well, the expectations have been raised really for even those types of businesses because everyone is is now experiencing better customer experience largely through self-service when it comes to things like online retail and so we can go in and we can fix that order of the wrong product that came just by clicking in and then you have the returns and hopefully you know it's it's seamless but when we deal with these other companies that we've dealt with for years we have a different view because we've had these kinds of experiences with the B2C you know retail specifically so i'm thinking about the, the benefit really to businesses of technology is you have more data, right? You have, you have the ability to see more of what's going on inside, but there are, are also some negative you know, experiences that customers have because of technology and obviously negative experiences potentially for employees or agents as well. What are some of the things that you've seen on the negative side, Greg, with the integration of technology into the CX space?
0: Yeah, so a couple of points. So just as I mentioned, websites, IVRs, and, and chatbots being the benefit, they're actually oftentimes the negative, right? So when designed wrong or uh, trying to do too much, they often create a bad experience. So I mean, how many times do we go on a phone call and uh, want we, we get an IVR? Of course, every you know one hundred percent of the time. But how many times are people just pushing zero? To get past the IVR, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Corey. Uh, yeah, uh, quite a bit of the time, right? You don't want to go through that piece, and particularly when they they use a bot to try to talk with me, right? And hear what I'm saying. You know, I said green. You know, you know the word green. No, green. And so those technologies can be just as damaging to the experience as they are to helping self service. And it's kind of when you when you get that tipping point of I can't self serve anymore or I don't want to self serve. Just get me to somebody who can help me, right? And so I think those are probably one area of uh, negative. I think the other one, CRMs, what they were built for, which is to keep track of my interaction with a company, right? It's 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 the history of how many times and what I did when I interacted uh, with a company, uh, which is fantastic stuff. Like it is exactly what a company needs to know such that the next time I come in, I have that. But oftentimes, they've now been designed, and they actually get in the way of that customer care, Um, so much so that um, the agent is spending so much time documenting and putting stuff into the CRM, so the corporation can report on and know what's going on, Mm -hmm. that it actually creates this experience for the agent, where they're spending more time doing that than actually focusing on helping the consumer. So uh, those would be a couple things that I might mention.
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, you talk about CRM or customer relationship management software. I mean, you know, when the concept became widely adopted, it was like wildfire throughout the business world because now, you know, in a customer relationship manager software platform, you have a central location for all the data, right? And you're not pulling from one spreadsheet for this thing and another spreadsheet for that thing. And hopefully there's a, a sticky note somewhere for this other thing. And, you know, you have the ability to organize data and in an attempt to go out there and create a holistic solution, ultimately what happened for a lot of businesses is the tail is now wagging the dog, right? And so, you know, keeping up the CRM is, you know, most of the time something that people who use CRM don't enjoy doing. And one of the reasons they don't enjoy doing it is that it takes up a ton of time. And so, you know, in a sales CRM application, it's one thing, but in a customer service CRM application where the whole goal of the CRM was to be a central data point, you know, unless the data is actually serving the right purposes with the right connections. And this is where you mentioned IVR or interactive voice response system, you know, where somebody's going to call in and, you know, you can navigate through these menus. Well, you might have had five interactions with. This brand over the last six weeks over the same issue. And the if the IVR isn't able to make that connection or get you to a human who can make that connection, then the IVR is just a frustration. And at the same time, that data existing in a CRM, but not being accessible or an agent not being able to understand what's in the data and what it means for the customer and to be able to listen to the customer is also a pretty negative experience for the customer. And so both pieces of technology, just like this pen here, the example I always use is, you know, if you have a pen and, you know, it's great pen, you know, you can write with it and things. But if I were to sit here and hold this pen for 14 hours straight in a writing posture and hold it, then eventually it would hurt me right? And that's not because there's something wrong with the pin. That's because I'm using it wrong, right? And I haven't thought about the right way or the right degree to which to use the pin. So I think, especially as we are talking about uh, connecting data and setting up for positive experiences with a customer, it's all about creating the right amount of flexibility and accessibility within the experience that the customer is having to get it right, to actually understand the need and experience that the customer has up until that point. And that's where technology really should be setting up for the best human-to-human interaction When once it gets to that point.
0: You know, when uh, when you think about the CRM, It's designed to keep all that information. And that's a critical component. We always talk about, in fact, anytime we see a company that doesn't have a CRM, we're like, well, you, you, you need a CRM, right? But let's put it in the right context. And the right context, typically, is make sure that you have all the information. But the thing that the CRM misses is that, great, I got all this information. Now, the customer calls in with this problem A, how do I solve for problem A, right? The CRM doesn't tell me how to solve for problem A. It just says, if you need a piece of information to solve for problem A, I'll give it to you. In fact, I'll throw it all in front of you with a bunch of tabs and things, right? Um, But it doesn't say anything to the agent and we talk about that agent experience. How do I help this agent who's just now being surrounded by phone calls and customer problems? How do I give them the right step next to do with all that information they have? 100%.
1: And that's where, you know, you're looking to create an environment with your tech stack in CX, I think, where you're providing the right information at the right time, as well as freeing up that agent to be able to understand and empathize with the customer while guiding them through the resolution, right? So, you know, there are a lot of technology products on the market for CX organizations. There's there's a whole lot of i guess the right word is rhetoric out there about specific buzzwords that you have to have you mentioned digital transformation i mean on some level digital transformation has already come for the majority of brands but even small brands are trying to give that feeling that we you know we understand the digital interaction is important with a much smaller budget and team than a lot of the larger organizations. But when a CX organization or a CX leader is starting to evaluate technologies for possible integration, what are some of the principles, Greg, that they should look at and potentially maybe some pitfalls too?
0: Yeah, I guess maybe before you get to principles, I often coach leaders to actually go down into the call center and try and take a phone call or answering a chat. Most leaders who are at the decision point here, it's probably been five, 10, 15 years before, since they were in a call center. Many of them came from the call centers, right? To be fair. Um, and often a lot of them even came from answering phone calls, right? Um, and so they, they're they aware of that world, but if they haven't been down on the floor and actually tried to do that job, um, you know, it's almost impossible for them to make a qualified decision on what that agent and that consumer need to get the job done. And, you know, it's not like they can go down and just ask the agent, what would you like, right? That's the old Henry Ford model of, of saying, you know, what would you like? And the consumer said, well, a faster horse, right? Uh, and the agent would be the same way, you know, I'd like a faster phone call, you know, but they really can't tell you what they want. You have to go down there and look at what they need to do and then evaluate it against what the software is offering. Is it actually solving the problem? And the problem, just bare bones problem, is how do I answer this call? Like, how do I get to the answer? And so if your technologies aren't framed around that concept, how do I answer that question and how do I make it an experience that is is a good experience for both the agent and the consumer, you're going to miss the decision point.
1: I mean, I think it would be fascinating to do a LinkedIn poll for CX decision makers that participate in, you know, buying and budgeting and hold PNL to, to find out when was the last time you actually fielded a call in your call center. Right. And I think that's something that uh, maybe we, maybe we should do that this week. I think think (laughs) it would be really telling to, to, to see the answers because I know in, you know, in my life, in previous, you know, roles where, you know, I started in a particular function and then I ended up in a leadership role over people doing that function. And then it becomes extremely relevant to ask, when's the last time I actually did the work that I'm supposed to be leading other people in doing? Um, And obviously there's all kinds of intrinsic benefits to the team to see a leader that's willing to get down into that same role that they're leading and, and actually participate. But just Trying to keep this on the the talk track of technology, uh, specifically, you really don't even know what you're supposed to be figuring out, right. unless you've sat in that agent's chair.
0: Sure. Right.
1: Sure. So yep. I I think we'll do that poll, uh, Jacob. Let's 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 make that happen, buddy. Um, I'd be really interested <laughs> to learn about it. But specifically, getting back to the question of principles, you know, obviously there there are variables, and that's what we're talking about with getting in that agent's chair, taking a call, really digging into what is the current reality that we're facing to try to solve our customers' problems. But what are some principles that maybe aren't variables, that things that, you, that a CX leader should have in mind when thinking about integrating technology?
0: Yeah, I think the other thing that they have to keep at the forefront of their mind is that it's often common for them to look at how do I make this transaction as quickly as possible, right? How do I have the phone call or the interaction go as quickly as possible versus how do I get it right? Mm -hmm. Because how do I make it as fast as possible means I might be able to save on headcount, or I might be able to reduce costs in some way, which totally, you know, every corporation's there for profit, right? But if they would just take the time to focus on How do I get this process right? And what do I actually want to exactly happen? That's my baseline of what I need to make happen. And so the principle is is focus on what is the right outcome versus what is the fastest, cheapest way to do something.
1: I mean, honestly, I wish business leaders would have more open conversations about this tension because it is a tension. It's a tension in, in a lot of businesses that Get to a point where you're using metrics to govern the business. So small businesses typically not as much, Um, you know. Mid-sized businesses much more so. And by the time you get to enterprise companies, where, you know, let's say you've got 500 to 10,000 agents, right? You on some level you've got to use the numbers to manage that business, right? And and so how do you how do you put numbers in place to measure highly subjective things? Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the NPS score, the net promoter score metric is an interesting example of an attempt to understand how enthusiastic a customer is about a brand and then when you tie that NPS score for a particular customer to the specific agents that have helped a customer through a journey uh, of customer service, it becomes a really interesting corollary So you know thinking specifically about you know how do we, grade for the right thing, you know, and and what is the thing we really want to grade for? Is it simply how much did we have to spend on CX this month or this quarter or this year? Is that really the irreducible minimum <laughs> for your CX operation? And, and I think we would say here on the show, well, I hope not because your customers are probably going to bring more revenue and you're going to be ultimately more profitable if your customers are happy and they're you know, not leaving the business as a customer, but at the same time, there's a balance to be struck with that efficiency question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, those types of metrics are the ones if you, if you need to, all all businesses are run by metrics. So which ones do you want to pick? And it, and it's gotta be the retention metrics. It's gotta be the number of phone calls metric um, those types of things that how many times did I have to escalate? Like if you have any point in your operation where you're not allowing the agent to finish out the call and actually be done, that's a measure of success and measure of happiness for the, the, uh, the customer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we measure oftentimes how many times did we have agents have to either transfer or to um, uh, actually send a, a task off to through a ticketing system or something like that to another group, right? Those things are all metrics of uh, consumer happiness, that you know we we often forget about and they and they have so much cost involved in them that if you just measured those things all that cost you're trying to get with AHT and some of that efficiency stuff um, would solve for themselves.
1: Yeah, and I know Chris at Vistio likes to talk about average hold time as his favorite metric. He's one of one of the business experts there, but you know I asked him about that. So why average hold time? And um, and he said because I hate being on hold as a customer. <laughs> And, and yep. it makes total sense. Right. You know, so if, if you're whether it's an escalation, whether it's going to get more information, whether it's seeking help from a coworker because you can't solve the problem with the tools that are in front of you, you know, mm. whatever, whatever the situation is, there's no question that putting the customer on hold has the potential to take the experience into negative land pretty quickly, especially if it's a long hold. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yep. It just just the mere fact of putting them on hold drops your your satisfaction metric immediately. Then the length of call doubles it, triples it. Right.
1: So there are a lot of variables that kick around in there.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. We. Um. it, it is interesting. We we looked at hold time uh, almost with every client. We look at hold time, and uh, that's one of the first things we go after in terms of uh, if we can reduce hold time and the number of hold sessions. We're successful. Yeah. yeah. No, no. And
1: I, th- I think that those things, if you just kind of zoom out a little bit, are examples of focusing on the principle of the actual experience the customer is having and trying to create a tech stack that facilitates a seamless and frictionless and lowest frustration level as possible customer experience requires understanding what pitfalls uh you know the agents are going to run up against and what limitations your current tech stack has with the actual way your business functions and depending on how complex the business is this could be a very complex project even just understanding and and getting your head around you know what the tech stack needs to do right you know,
0: well, that's but that's a know, big whole, variable yeah whole time often revolves around the fact of an agent not knowing how to solve for something Right. And it's it's in that lack of knowledge or lack of understanding of a process that creates that whole time. Traditionally, it's been all about a knowledge base. Right. I can put a document over here that you can go read when you forget the process or not sure what to do. Go read this. Well, what do you have to do in order to go read that? Well, let me put you on hold for just a moment while I figure that out. Right. And so um, where we've gone with technology, really it all needs to be contextual, meaning as I'm having something occur on a phone call, I need the next step in front of me immediately. And that's, those are the things that the CRM can't provide. It's the thing that a uh, knowledge base can't provide. It's often like driving your car with Waze or like your, your navigation system, right? It tells you immediately turn here. And if you turn the wrong way, it tells you it's turn back. Right. It's it's we're finally getting in the call center to that point where we have a navigation system. And we've we've only had Rand McNally maps in our glove box previously. And that's current. If you're using a knowledge base today, that's where you're at. We need to get to GPS in the call center.
1: Well, I I love that analogy. I'd I'd like to ask you one more question before we close out because we are, you know, maybe 90 seconds away um from our time. We like to try to honor our time so that. You know, people feel like they know what to expect from us on on this time every week. But specifically, how can a CX leader navigate all the buzzwords in tech?
0: Oh, wow. Uh, geez. Uh, so I think you look at, you know, just digital transformation, for example, right as the, the buzzword. Um, and it just doesn't get to solving the problem. And so the only way to navigate that really is, is to understand the actual problem and then, then look at your buzzwords and start with the problem instead of the buzzword or the solution. And I, I think uh, everybody would be served well. And it kind of goes to that. Go down and sit in the call center. You'll understand the problem. Go sit in your training class. You'll understand the problem. Then you'll know these are just buzzwords or this could actually solve my problem
1: that was a very efficient and great answer. I would just say ultimately marketing is marketing and we need to understand in life and in business what it is we're actually trying to do rather than getting carried away with a value proposition that doesn't have a match with you know solving the problem as you said. So um awesome well Greg thanks for being here with yeah. us today. Uh, I think this was a really good time. You know, we like to skip a rock across the top of topics here and and uncover maybe future show topics. So I think there's a ton here that we could turn into specific episodes to dive in. And so I'm sure we'll probably have you back with us. but appreciate you being here and thank you so much. And I hope everyone has a great Tuesday. Take care.
0: Thanks, everyone. So To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io
1: forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CXLive.